Hi everybody, I'm Ezra. I'm Charlie. And we are the Young Pyromancers Podcast. Or some of it. Well, yeah, two-thirds of the Young Pyromancers Podcast. Welcome back to another episode. Today, the topic is our M21 set review. Part 2. Still no Miles. Uh, Miles will be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, we're making do for the time being. It's been a little bit, and we're... Uh, now we're going to be reviewing the second half, or, or eh, a little more than a half, of uh, M21, or Corset 2021. And today we're going to be doing red, green, colorless cards, multicolored cards, and lands. Yeah, without further ado, let's go to our first card. Our first card is Chandra, Heart of Fire. Chandra is three red, red, legendary creature, Planeswalker, Chandra. Uh, she starts with five loyalty and has a plus one, plus one, discard your hand, then exile the top three cards of your library until end of turn. You may play cards exiled this way. Also, another plus one, Chandra Heart of Fire, deals two damage to any target. And then minus nine, search your graveyard and library for any number of red instants and sorcery cards. Uh, exile them, then shuffle your library. You may cast them as turn at six red. That part is not going to matter because Chandra is probably a target upon arrival. <laughs> uh, I think most Planeswalkers about four loyalty are. Right. I mean, most Planeswalkers that were not the uncommon and rare ones from, like, Wallace Buck or whatever, just naturally have a target on their back whether they're bad or not because people tend to judge them by their ultimates. This one's yeah. really not that scary, but most... it is going to be... in. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, most Planeswalkers kind of come with a, a sense of impending doom. Um, right, but this one isn't you know. even going to kill you. Yeah, not not quite. Um, yeah, like I said, this isn't even going to kill you, necessarily. Uh, this is another Chandra that, you know, does red things. Um, I don't think that this ult is necessarily the most powerful ult it's pretty good sure but it doesn't win the game like a lot of alts do uh however i think that uh the repeatable shock and that ability to repeatedly get quite a lot of card advantage um with the chandra is not that bad really red can struggle to get ahead on card advantage especially if you're playing mono red and so I, I really don't hate this card, uh, <clears throat> just because the fact that it um, kind of lets you draw three cards every turn, but not really. It's repeatable card advantage, which is what you want yeah. out of a Planeswalker. And Chandra also protects herself, which is also something that you want out of a Planeswalker. So, and I like this design. I'm, I mean, I think everyone is tired of Planeswalkers that are really, really, really great. And I mean, it's... Not like there's no shortage of those in M21. There are multiple other planeswalkers that are quite powerful. The new Teferi, for one. But yeah, yeah I do. Li- I do like the Chandra. It's just Chandra hasn't gotten a powerful Chandra since Torture Defiance, which I mean, it's fine. No, oh, well, sort of. Awakened Inferno is pretty good. Um, oh, that's true. Awakened Inferno is good. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, this one is, you know, it's not. It's not the best, but it's probably pretty. I think it's pretty pretty solid. Um, for Commander. I don't think it's very playable in other formats, though. Yeah, I think this stays... This is what we're calling a this will stay budget forever. Never gonna go above $5, because it's not gonna see enough play in any formats. So this is just a Commander card through and through. We can just buy in it. Whatever. Hopefully this goes to a buck fifty or something. Currently sitting at kind $2.30. Of, kind of a nice way of saying it's not super um, powerful. But it's a fun card. Yeah, it's fun certainly. to play Walker. Um, yeah, uh, moving on, uh, before, actually, before we move on, I just want to make a really quick note that I don't think we actually did talk about, uh, in our first part, although it is kind of a given, uh, we're only really going to talk about, like, the more powerful cards that are, have a greater probability of seeing a slot in one of your commander decks, or one of our commander decks, even, um, so we're not really going to be talking about the you know, the bears are the bears with vigilance of the set. We're going to be talking about the more exciting rare and mythic rare cards. 
yeah, yeah, codes that will we're talking about codes that we'll see play in either Commander or other formats like Standard and Limited and stuff like Modern Pioneer. We're not going to talk about of course Legacy and stand, uh, Vintage because it, it's too expensive. Nothing, nothing really sees plays in Legacy or Vintage. Yeah. Um, well. Okay. No. Well, it, nothing sees play in Legacy and Vintage because no one plays Legacy and Vintage. Uh yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, our second card here is Double Vision. Double Vision is three red red for an enchantment. Whenever you cast your first instant or sorcery spell each turn, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. Um. So this is a red, another red instant or sorcery doubling type effect. So, um, I don't think this is super fantastic at 5 mana, but I think the biggest upside here is that it copies your first instant each turn, so you can get multiple copying effects out of this. Uh, I think this is probably the best in some kind of a Spellslinger deck, probably in Izzet, or maybe even Timur with a commander like Kalimax, the Stormsire. This would be very good with Kess. In the oh yeah, of sword. course. Jaleva. Although good. Anything that wants to run red and cast lots of instants and sorceries. This is like, um, you can draw a lot of parallels between this and Swarm Intelligence, which is the blue, yeah. blue enchantment, which is six in a blue. That one copies every single instant or sorcery. But Swarm Intelligence sees play, so I don't see any reason why Double Vision wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I think in, also in, in Spellslinger decks, you're usually, usually trying to cast more expensive spells rather than multiple in turn. So I think this card is pretty good, and for only 5 mana rather than 7 for Swarm Intelligence, it's pretty pretty solid. Yeah. Alright, our next card is Fiery Emancipation, which is 3 red 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 for an enchantment. If a source you control would deal damage to a permanent or player, it deals triple that damage to that permanent or player instead. We already had double, and now we have triple. This costs $8, but we want it to be less than $8. Um, I don't know how cheap this code goes. It's just commander. I, I, I just commander. I don't think this is playable in any format except commander. Really? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so I mean, if we're thinking about cards that are playable only in commander, that are really really powerful in commander, um, I can think of a few that are around thirty dollars, like Cyclonic Rift. But um, this is not nearly as good as Cyclonic Rift. I don't think. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we can uh, compare this to stuff like Gratuitous Violence, which is, uh, if I can ever spell it correctly, Gratuitous Violence is two red, red, red for an enchantment. If a creature would deal, creature you control would deal damage to a opponent or player, deals double that instead. And there's also stuff like Phonus of Wrath, which is the same thing as Gratuitous Violence, except uh, it's a source, would deal damage to anybody. So there's stuff like Phonus of Wrath and Dictate of the Twin Gods, which would deal which deal twice damage to everyone. So, I mean, in Commander, oftentimes Phonus of Wrath and uh, Dictate of the Twin Gods are fine because you're already playing it in decks that want to be dealing damage to everybody. And then, of course, if we're looking at cards like Gratuitous Violence, there's also... Um... Uh, Ingrath's Marauders, which is the pirate yeah, from there, There's um, there's a few. Uh, there's like Gisela, Blade of Gold Knight. Um, there's there's a few of them. There's a few of them. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think, think... cards. It's pretty good. It's uh, for a card that triples damage. It's you know, it's actually pretty pretty powerful because there's um, you know, five man shamans that double. So one more mana to triple is pretty pretty good. But, you know, it's only a commander card. It's, uh... I mean, you can just play... But I think there is a large difference uh, in between Gratuitous Violence and um, Fire Emancipation. Just because triple is 50% more damage than Gratuitous Violence will do. And if you're playing, if you're planning to play some sort of Voltron route, like this with Earl, the Mist Stalker just becomes obscene. Because you're already trying to play an enchantress type deck with Ural, so you probably already have enchantment payoffs. But dealing triple damage with anything where you're trying to deal combat damage with the commander, all you have to do is get up to seven power on your commander, and then it's a one hit kill. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, why don't we uh, read our next card? Uh, I would love to. This is... Uh, I would make the argument, and I think others would make the argument, this is the best card in the limited format for Corsa 2021. It's uh, Terror of the Peaks. Three red-red for a 5-4 creature dragon with flying. And spells your opponent's cast that target Terror of the Peaks cost an additional three life to cast. And whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control... Terror of the Peaks deals damage equal to that creature's power to any target. Uh, so, um, I think the most important line of text here is that last one. Whenever another creature enters a battlefield under your control, Terror of the Peaks deals damage equal to that creature's power to any target. This is um, really, like, really powerful. It's like Warstorm Surge, is that the code? Yeah, I was... Uh, I, I'm going to go as far as to say that this, like, yeah, so this, it has the Warstorm Surge text, which is whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, deals da yeah. damage. But Warstorm Surge is a six mana enchantment, and this is a five mana creature that's a 5-4 flyer with an additional upside. Um, so, yeah. But I think play... this... Yeah, people play Warstorm Surge. It's like oh it's yeah, definitely. a very highly played card. So I think Terror of the Peaks is going to be just a new addition to the whole suite of ETB red things. So you're not gonna it's take just out and just powerful red cards, really. Right, but specifically creatures entering the battlefield and deal da dealing damage to stuff. So this is going to not replace anything, but it's gonna be added to the suite of impact tremors, pophoros. Um, Warstone Surge, and now Terror of the Peaks. So, yeah, this also this just does so much more too than like Perforos's one ability is. I'd say it's probably more powerful because the, in the decks it's in, it's using smaller power creatures and it's doing six damage at a time. Played in Kranko. but this it's also just... happens to be a five-four flyer. So I mean, um, this is yeah, it's pretty pretty nuts. Yeah, Perforos. Um... Perforos God of the Forge is 3 in a red for legendary enchantment creature god indestructible, 6-5. Uh, as long as your devotion to red no, is I mean, 5 also, not a creature. Um, really quick, Perforos of God of the Forge happens to be literally the highest Edirian Shrek ranked red creature. So, right. I think that's and a then it has the, to its strength. It has the text, uh, whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, it deals 2 damage to each opponent. So yes, Perforos is dealing 6 damage, but it can't hit creatures. Which is why I think Terror of the Peaks is just a new staple. Like, I, I mean, maybe not staple-staple, but I think it should be playing, seeing play around the same rate that Warstorm Surge will. I think definitely more than that. Uh, I don't well, know. More, more I, than it, Warstorm Surge. As much as Perforos. Perforos is $18, well, too. So Perforos has Indestructible, which is like always a big thing. Uh, that is, that's a, a fair critique. I think Indestructible it's, is more powerful than paying 3 life. Right, yeah. Okay, uh, next card is Transmogrify. Transmogrify is three and a red for a sorcery. Exile target creature. That creature's controller reveals cards from the top of their library until they reveal a creature card. That player puts that card in the graveyard, into the battle, sorry, onto the battlefield. Then Ooh, shuffle. That, that would be a lot worse. Graveyard. Yeah, that would have been bad. Um, I just wish it was the first three words, just three and a red sorcery <laughs> exile target creature. That's like kind of what red needs, but you can play this to your benefit. And I know I play uh, Blessed Reincarnate. Blessed Incarnation is that the card? Uh, Blessed Reincarnation is nowhere yeah. near as good. I'm just gonna. Well, no, it's the same card. No, it's not. It, it is. It just has rebound. Uh, it also can only exile your opponent's creatures. Oh wait, really? Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't um, even own my own creature. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't worry about that card. That card is not Okay, yeah, good. never mind. But um, <laughs> I'd say the the um the cards that this is like is Polymorph. Um, So Polymorph is a very well-known card that basically allows you to destroy one of your own creatures, and that's the main usage. You destroy one of your own creatures, and it allows you to reveal cards from top of your library until you get another, until you 
reveal another creature card, and you put that onto the battlefield. Um, so the main usage of this card in Commander is to create a deck with no creatures, or rather one creature. That creature usually being a very powerful one, um, like Blightsteel Colossus, or yeah, or an Emrakul, or um, Big Fishy, Storm Tide Leviathan. Storm Tide Leviathan, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's Polymorph is a well-known card. It's playing a lot of formats, and this is the red version of that card. Right. So now that we have this in red, I'm looking for a way to do this in mono red because I know this is just a card. There, it's just one card, but in mono red, the oops, hang on. I said converted mana cost less than seven. Um, big what are, so there's some really there's some pretty good ones. Um, Akuma, oh, you can do all Angel of the... Fury, Avatar can... Slaughter, Bear right, of the Heavens. Even if you're going, if you're going budget, then you can do cards like you could go get Desolation Twin, or you could yeah, Akuma Angel of Fury is probably your best bet. Although Magmatic Force isn't actually that bad because it at the beginning of your upkeep deals three damage to any target. But Garden Hellkite isn't terrible. Oh, I mean, Mirror of the Heavens um, is stupid. There, there's a you can just get an Eldrazi too, of course. Right, I mean those are less cheap. If you're trying to get uh, go budget ish with your finisher and mono red, a Chrome of Angel of Fury, I think is going to be your best. Yeah, bet. A Chrome is good. Magmatic Force is a powerful card. Um, an Ancient Stone Idol, I guess. I don't. Know. Avatar of Slaughter. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty good. Uh, if you uh, want to be really mean, you should play Myogen of Infinite Rage. Unfortunately, that doesn't get its uh, divinity counter because you don't cast it from your hand, but yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, if you played it from your hand. Okay. Yeah. You yeah, get Platinum right. Imperion, I suppose. Oh, Platinum Imperion might be. It's like some that one says. But, uh, yeah. That one says your life total can't change. How's Platinum Angel? Uh, Platinum Angel. I Platinum don't... Angel says you can't lose the game. Six fifty. Oh no, no, five dollars and nineteen cents. That's not actually too bad. That's not a horrible finisher for a transmogrify. Because then you pl- you play cards like Dwoven Mine and the and things that can tone into creatures like Guardian. Yeah, you can also stuff. you can also um just play a commander like Squee or something and um Squee use that and destroy Squee with poly- Squee with Polymorph or then, you know basically then... any commander. Until then, you're better off just playing Julia as your commander, because it's just cheaper. Yeah, probably. Or it's easier to build, because it's mono-blue. You can get Stormtide Leviathan. Uh, Transmogrify, cool card. I'd like to see this move into red, though. I think it's a cool area for red to be playing with. Yeah, I think I, I, I really like that. I think, I think this is a fair card for red to have, and it's pretty nice to see red have it, really. I think it makes sense that it's red. It's kind of chaotic yeah. kind of thing. Um, yeah. Moving on here. I'm sorry, did you have something to say? No, I didn't. I was going to say the next card. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, Volcanic Salvo uh, is a sorcery for, okay, this is a lot of mana, 10, 10 colorless, red, red, so 12 total for sorcery. Uh, This spell costs X less to cast, where X is the total power of creatures you control. Volcanic Salvo deals 6 damage to each of up to 2 target creatures and or planeswalkers. Um, so essentially 12 total want, damage. Yeah, you want to be using this in a deck where you know you're going to have lots of power of creatures, and then you're just using it as a multi-kill spell for Red Red. You don't want to play this if it has to cost you a bunch. You're only playing this if you know you can have 10 power of creatures on the battlefield and you can just cast this for Red Red. Um, yeah, or some somewhere around that. Um, Blasphemous Act is a somewhat similar card in the sense that it gets cheaper for creatures, but Blasphemous Act is uh, a lot better because it's a board wipe. I yeah, make Blasphemous that Act is better. Uh, but, you know, just a small comparison there. This is a pretty interesting card. I don't think it's playable in a ton of decks, but I think it's pretty a pretty powerful card if you can um, get it into the right kind of deck. Yep, sounds good. Seems like maybe a Gruel deck or something like that would really like it. Yeah, cool. The uh, good Gruel deck. So our next card is Azusa Lost But Seeking. 
moving into green here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Legendary creature, human, monk. One, two. You may play two additional lands on each of your tones. Basically, you could cast three lands every tone. This has larger implications for formats like modern, but this is a reprint, so... It's just good to see the price coming down. $7.25. Hopefully it goes lower, but probably not. Just a nice reprint. Um, yeah, I mean, Azusa is a very powerful card, of course. Uh, Azusa, there's nothing that's as powerful as Azusa in terms of playing additional lands on each of your turns. Playing two additional and allowing you to play three lands is just so much. You can play Azusa turn three. Play two more, you have five lands, and then on the next turn you have eight lands in play on turn four. Um, and that's, you know, not doing any other anything else, just having a lot of lands. So, I mean... Um, Azusa's just a cool commander. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's probably second to, in, like, green lands to, like, Sasaya, Aruchi Ascended or something. No, no, no. <laughs> no. No, uh... I will, uh, why don't you read our next card? I will pull up the text on Sasaya so we can, so we can. Oh, I know by heart what you're talking about. Oh, wait, can you, do you actually? Yeah, of okay, course. Okay, go, go. Uh, Sasaya is one green green for a uh, legendary creature, snake monk. I don't know, I don't actually know the power of toughness. It doesn't really matter. Two um, or three. But you can reveal your hand to, um, you, you reveal your hand and if you have seven or more, lands in your hand then you transform Sasaya and Sasaya's other side it's an essence Sasaya's essence is a legendary enchantment and so it it whenever I tap a land for mana it adds or so whenever you tap a land for mana add one mana for each other land you control with the same name as it this is just a joke it's a not a very good code Except Charlie claims that it's very good. I, it's I'm not. I'm working on the deck right now. Yeah, it's taken one year. It's like still, <laughs> still coming together. All right, why don't it's not you? Read easy. It's not easy making powerful decks, Ezra. Why don't you read Cultivate? Uh, yeah, Cultivate. Cultivate is another uh, very well-known reprint. Uh, Two and a green, sorcery. I'm sure you guys know this, but it searches your library for up to two basic land cards. Reveal those cards and put one onto the battlefield tapped and the other into your hand. Then shuffle your library. Um, this card has, you know, it's been around forever. It's played in near to every uh, green commander deck. And mm. it's just super powerful. It has been around... A dollar and twenty cents for an extremely long time, and it's finally going down in price. Uh, to now, it looks like around forty cents, uh, 40 cents. in the course of twenty twenty one printing, which is pretty great. So now I think it's a pretty much an auto include in every uh, green deck, deck green deck we make on the channel. Right, because the last for the last year it's been hovering around a dollar. It. Dipped below a dollar after it got reprinted in C nineteen, uh, went back up to dollar, creeping up towards dollar twenty. Got reprinted Mystery Booster, came down to ninety cents. Reprinted in C twenty, went down to eighty, like seventy cents. And then it just got nailed by this M twenty one mechanic, uh, not mechanic set. Forty cents. They should have just printed this at common. Honestly, it would have made it so much better. Like it's not too good to be a common. It's been printed at common for the last who knows how long. But just put it into the ground, like, so that we can play it in every single green deck. The fact that it's at uncommon is the only reason why it's not a quarter. Count your blessings, Ezra. It should be a It should we gotta be. We got a cultivate reprint. <laughs> we got a cultivate reprint. But we were getting reprinted every year. So, I mean, it's not like the reprint is special, it's the reprint in yeah, a standard set. legal set. In, in a set that's going to be printed widely, unlike C20. C20 is like one in every box, but one in every like $40 deck, but Cultivate is one in every what, like eight packs or something. I don't know the uncommon ratio, but. Uh, yeah. I, I, probably... I'm not saying yeah to that statement. I'm saying, uh, okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, we like it at 40 cents, a lot more than we did at 90 cents. Yeah. Um,. 
Uh, why don't you read our next card here? Yeah, Feline Sovereign is our next card. Two and a green creature cat. Other cats you control have plus one, plus one, and have protection from dogs. Whenever one or more cats you control deal combat damage to a player, destroy up to one target artifact or enchantment that player controls. Now, that pro dogs is, like, never gonna matter, unless you're playing in that current arena event where you have to play cats versus dogs. I, uh, I don't know. I, um, let, me, let me check that really quick. There's, like, 40 dogs in existence. I... Highly doubt that's gonna come up into. Uh, There's some good ones. The best dog is Pack Leader, which is like new. There is Inox oh, Survivalist. Inox isn't even that great. There was um Chalker Retriever, Mowu, Paco, yeah. Isamaru. Isamaru is just a two two. <laughs> it's a commander. Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. it's not. It's not. It's not a super relevant uh, protection. Yeah, I don't think that that's uh, relevant. But the plus one, plus one, and being able to have the thunder shaman effect, uh, very, very powerful. Just being yeah, a cat um, in itself. More. We need it. I mean, we didn't need more, but more cat loads. Trigon predator is a a powerful card. It's one green blue for a two three creature with beast with flying. And it has, whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you must destroy target artifact or enchantment that player controls. So this is not, uh, it's different because it has flying instead of protection from dogs. Um, but it sort of has a similar effect in whenever a feline sovereign or another cat deals combat damage to a player, it deals, destroys target artifact or enchantment that player controls. And this card... Um, is only two green rather than one green blue for Trigon Predator. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a pretty good card. And I think that, I think that, uh, ability to destroy an artifact or enchantment should not be overlooked. Good card, good card. Wait, does it yeah. have to be that player controls? Uh, for Trigon Predator, yes. For Feline Sovereign, yes. Oh, okay. Well, it would have been better if it didn't have to be the person you dealt combat damage to. Um, still good. Oh, still good. wait. The way that it's worded is that if you... Oh, wait. So if you swing at, like, three different people, then you can destroy each of their enchantment. Artifact enchantment. Because it's that player. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, it'll stack three times. Yeah, I think, I think yes. That is, I believe that's how it works, yes. Alright. Okay, why don't you go for our next code, Big Boy. Indeed, big boy. Um, very big boy. Garrick is looking very muscular. Um, Garrick Unleashed is the new Garrick Planeswalker for, in Quartet 2021. Uh, Garrick is two green green for a legendary Planeswalker. Garrick starts with four loyalty, and you can plus one Garrick to give up to one target creature uh, plus, one, plus three plus three and trample. Kind of similar to an Elspeth minus... Small minus. I can't remember which Elsmith or what it is. I think it's a minus Nightmare. one or minus two. No, um, think so. And then you can minus two Garrick to create a three three green beast creature token. Then if an opponent controls more creatures than you, put a loyalty counter on Garrick unleashed. Uh, so this can potentially cause only be a minus one, and it, it's ultimate minus seven. Create an emblem with, at the beginning of your end step, you may search your library for a creature card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Uh, so that minus seven, kind of like uh, Tezzeret Artifice Master's ultimate, but only for creatures. Yeah, it's uh, Elspeth's second plus one, but it oh, gives flying instead of trample. Oh, it's the second plus one. Mm. Yeah, there's two plus ones. Plus one, Elspeth's first one is one on White Soldier. But yeah, Garrick, very, very good card. Um, really, his minus t two, well, you're only going to use if it's only going to be a minus one most of the time. Well, that's that's how you're going to want to use it. Uh, but that don't overlook that plus one. That plus one giving something plus three, plus three, and trample. Trample is a very, very strong mechanic. And I've lost to this plenty of times on Arena, so this very, very strong card. Yeah. 
Alright, next card is Garrick's Uprising. Garrick's Uprising is 2 and a green for an enchantment. When Garrick's Uprising ETBs, if you control a creature with power 4 or greater, draw a card. Uh, creatures you control have Trample. And whenever a creature with power 4 or greater enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. Now, this is a card. It cantrips a lot of the time, so you'll get your card back. Giving creatures you control trample is already at a rate of one in a green. What was that? We had the... Oh, it was like, yeah, I was literally about to go look at that. Um, oh. And that was at one in a green, but now I don't think we've really had this great of a rate on a two in a green enchantment. And whenever... Uh, a creature yeah, Primal Rage is the card. Primal Rage. Yeah, and then whenever a creature with power four or greater enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. It's like Elemental Bond from uh, Magic Origins, which was whenever a creature with power three or greater, same cost, yeah. does the same thing. This is now just going to be in the two and a green enchantment suite. With I don't think this you cut Elemental Bond for this. You play this Elemental Bond and Colossal Majesty in there. That's just insane card draw in green. And especially if you have enchantment payoffs. Very, very good card. I th And it's 50 cents. And like Elemental Bond, which is like 70 cents. Colossal Majesty is still really, really cheap because it was printed recently. Let's see. Elemental Bond is $1. It's exactly $1. And, and this is... Do you think most of the time that Garrick's Uprising is just better than Elemental Bond? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it has a lot more upside. Right, it's only power 4 greater. It's power 4 instead of power 3. But giving trample and cantripping when it comes in is just, like, insane value. So oh, yeah, definitely. This, this card just it just does everything. It's only 3 mana. Yeah. Alright, let's play our non-existent uh, New Horizons there, our New Horizons is done. I yeah, don't know. Um, there is not very much news in Magic at the moment, and so we do not have much of, or rather at all, uh, a New Horizons <laughs> segment today. But we do have Treasured Find, uh, which is now a Treasured Find theme, so that's probably playing now. I think. You're telling me it's, it's not the Spider-Man pizzeria theme? It is not, uh, sadly. Okay. Alright. Treasured Find is where we find, where we talk about a new code, uh, not necessarily new code, but a code that we found that we think should be in more decks is like, it's underplayed, or it's like super, or it's very cheap, or it's a budget, good budget replacement for a code. Just, basically it's code of the week what cool card we're talking about, what cool card we've been thinking about. And my card is Kaya's Ghost Form from War of the Spark. Kaya's Ghost Form is, is just a black mana for an enchantment or enchant creature or planeswalker you control. When enchanted permanent dies or is put into exile, return that card to the battlefield under your control. So, notably, there's a couple of things you can do with this. You can rescue your own creature... If you somehow have a way to put it on your opponent's creature, that's very good. But the main usage of this is probably going to be just sticking it to your commander. And it's just one mana protection, 24 cents. Just being able to stick it on your commander and knowing that you have uh, immunity from anything. And it says into, put into exile, so if you, your commander gets path to exile or something. Or if you know you have what this card is good with? Moldrotha. Yeah. <laughs> because you just replay it on Moldrotha over and over again. Yeah, it gives you yeah. a, a level of invincibility. I remember to trying extent. to... I was playing blue-white control. I was playing a blue-white control commander deck with a Noyandog, and I literally kept on countering and removing Moldrotha and Kai's Ghost Swarm, but yet it like still stuck on the battlefield. Like, it just kept coming back. <laughs> you can run, you can hide, but you can't escape. You can't escape the big M. Destiny All right, why don't you arrives. do your your treasure find? Uh, sure. Uh, I have a cute little card from Weatherlight. Um, Urtai's Familiar is one in blue for a 2-2 illusion creature. 
uh, with Phasing. So Phasing is a card that is returning in Corset 2021, coincidentally. Um, basically, uh, it phases in or out. Uh, I'm just reading some reminder text. This phases in or out before you untap during each of your untap steps. While it's phased out, it's treated as though it doesn't exist. So it's you flip it over, it's gone. You know, it does. Where 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 did where did Urtaz go? Yeah, you just cover um, it up. It doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, and whenever Urtaz Familiar phases out or leaves the battlefield, mill three cards, and you can pay a blue. Uh, and until your next upkeep, Urtaz Familiar can't phase out. So um, that basically means it's going to stick on the battlefield and it won't phase out before your yeah upkeep. But basically, once every two turns, you're going to mill three cards. Um, yeah, I don't hate this card. I'm playing... Uh, well, I think this card is... I'm kind of only talking about this card from Ultrotha. But uh, if any of you listeners do play Ultrotha, um, I mean, I'm it playing three be... mana enchantments that mill me for two in each of my upkeeps. So this two mana creature, uh, every, you know, two turns... Every, um, yeah, every you know, turns. four turns milling me for... Eh, Six. I don't know, hard, math is hard. but um, <laughs> Every four turns mills you for six. But if you sacrifice it and bring it back in, then it's less. But it's, yeah, it's... um. I don't think this is as good as Stitcher Supplier. I don't, I, yeah, it's, I mean, it's 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 more repeatable. But, um, right. yeah, no, it's a, it's a weird, cute little card that can do some do some work throughout the game. Uh, it also yeah, has some good, cool... Good, good. Cool um, body... Uh, like a tail and what are those called? It's a it's a monkey. Flippers, Scales. webs, web, Scales, web feet. Web, yeah, web feet. No, wait, flip. Web feet. Flippers, flippers, flippers. <laughs> I think they're called flippers. I don't think so. Okay, well, what are they called? They're they're flippers web feet. are the things on um, penguins. Oh, oh yeah. Wait, so what is the? Their feet. They're just feet. Yeah, just, just feet. But this is on the reserve list, so it's never getting reprinted. It also never would have gotten reprinted anyways, because phasing is a comp- uh, confusing mechanic. This yeah. card is not a good card unless you are playing it, is it good in a dedicated in deck. Ultra and like a few Sidisi. other self-mail decks. Sidisi and... I don't even know, but I know that uh, Demir self-mail is... Now starting to be a thing that exists. Uh, but yeah, good treasure to find. Let's go back into our cards. Our next card is Heroic Intervention, which is one in a green for an instant. Creatures you control gain hexproof and indestructible. This is just a good reprint. You can just use it to dodge a, like a removal spell, or you can use it as a combat trick. It just has infinite uses, and it's like never a bad thing to have in your hand. And sometimes people won't even cast it against you when you're just holding up one in a green. And this card's now $15. Oh, not, f- sorry, f- $5, down from $15. So, very good. Um, yeah, Heroic Intervention is, you know, it is the the best of the best when it comes to green protection spells, other than, you know, maybe Veil vale of Summer. But Veil vale of Summer is situational, and this is, it does it all. Yeah. It's all two right, mana, well, just save any number of your creatures. It's It's fantastic, really. It's also very nice mm. that it's coming at least a little bit closer to being budget. Yep. Our next card is very budget. Uh, yeah. Very, very budget. 20 cents for a rare. Uh, Primal Might. Primal Might is X in green. So, um, I don't think we've talked about this, but paying X for a card means you can pay any amount. So... You can make this cost just a green, or this can cost 10 and a green. Um, sorcery, target creature you control gets plus X plus X until end of turn. And then it fights up to one target creature you don't control. So uh, this card is not necessarily super amazingly exciting, but this is a strictly better prey upon. It, prey upon is just a green for a sorcery. Uh, target creature control fights another target creature. I think it's you don't control. Target but, creature um, you control fights target creature you don't control. Yeah. 
so yeah, strictly better. It allows you to pump your creature potentially. I think this is pretty good as a pretty uh, situ. Uh, it's a removal spell that can get better in certain situations, and it allows you to have a little bit of uh, choice. And it's Great up punish. to one target creature. So it, you know, if you need it, this can serve just as a a strictly pump spell, although not a super uh, one at a super good rate. Yeah, I wish it was an instant, but also, I mean, Prey Upon is a good card, and it, it does see play. It's quite cheap. It's like seven cents, but I mean, it uh, is a rare. It's a it's a common that's been printed in every set. Every set, yeah. Well, not quite, but it is legal in every single format according to Scryfall. Yeah, I'm um, checking EDH rec for how many decks Prey Upon is played in. I I don't think it's gonna be it. I think it's, it'll probably get them out. I think people people do play Prey Upon, and it's in two thousand decks, so people really. for sure can play uh, Primal Might. Alright, next card is Scavenging Ooze. Scavenging Ooze is 1 in a green for a creature ooze. 2-2. Uh, you can pay a green and exile target card from a graveyard. If it was a creature card, put a 1-1 counter on Scavenging Ooze and you gain 1 life. It's graveyard hate at its finest. And even more fine is that it's only 97 cents. Which is down from $6. So, good reprint. Yeah, very good reprint. Uh, Scavenging Ooze is a... Pretty, pretty good um, graveyard hate card. It's, you know, it just does, it can exile basically any card at instant speed. It gets bigger, it gains you life. Very good card. Um, played in modern and I think other formats. I think it's uh, played the most in Jund, but um, yeah. Yeah, it's played most in Jund and modern, but now that this is printed into Pioneer and it's like has more implications in standard now. I've played against this in mono green monsters, and it sucks, especially when you're trying to. So they had this. There was this nasty trick where you, when you you go to do something near a graveyard. So you, if you target a card in in your graveyard, let's say it's um, my example is called the Death Dweller, trying to return creatures from your graveyard to the battlefield. So let's say I'm just trying to. Re- uh, retrieve a serrated scorpion from my graveyard. They mm-hmm. scavenging ooze in response. Oh, yeah. oh no, that's, that's I I had an instant speed thing. I I don't remember if it was called a death dweller, but they went to exile something from my graveyard. And I thought I was being genius. Speed, I did something at instant speed, and then they activated it again, which means yeah, it that's... goes off before my instant. And I didn't realize they could do that. Which was just That's so a, dumb because first in, last out. So the stack works. Yeah, scavenging ooze very, very strong code because you can activate it like eight times per turn, make scavenging ooze huge, gain a bunch of life, get rid of their entire graveyard. I just want to play this against Charlie. <laughs> yeah, I mean this card seems terrible. I don't know if you would play this in literally any deck in Commander. I mean just I mean <laughs> just doesn't have any use at all, I think. <laughs> yeah, no use. No use at all. Uh yeah. Oh, Charlie gets so, the fun card. Oh, let's move into multicolored. This is a these yeah. are multicolored cards. Uh, that's oh, the third green. We all, we have one. We only have one multicolored card to talk about. Yeah. There actually aren't very many. Obsessive Stitcher is actually pretty cool, but that, that it, it missed the cut. Um. Yeah, we don't want this episode to be too too long here. Tell you, why um, don't you them? Yeah, so we've skipped specifically skipped a few cards in our cutting of some of the cards um, because we knew we were going to talk about this card. Uh, Sanctum of All costs Wooburg, so a white, a blue, a black, a red, and a green, for a legendary enchantment, Shrine. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, uh, Shrine, really quick, is a very important uh, card or type line, sub uh, card. I don't know. It's complicated. Subtype. Um, yeah, subtype. I, I was going to say subtype. Oh, whatever. Um, because the Honden cards trigger for each shrine you control. and Honden and Sanctums. Yeah. Yeah. Sanctums are the new shrines in okay, M21. Wait. Why don't we read Sanctum of All and then talk yeah, about that? Uh, yeah, I should probably do that. 
Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, you may search your library and or graveyard for a shrine card and put it onto the battlefield. If you search your library this way, shuffle it. And if an ability of another shrine you control triggers while you control six or more shrines, that ability triggers an additional time. Yeah, so the way this is going to be used is that uh, you can get a shrine every turn. So that's that's mana ramp in itself because the shrines sometimes are costly enchantments. But uh, you can also use its last ability. So if you ever have six shrines, which is like wishful thinking, but if you do have six shrines, then they all, or most of them have triggered abilities. So then you'll be able to pan harmonic on each of those. Um, but Sanctum of All and these new shrines are responsible for making Sisse Weatherlight Captain one of the most popular, uh, mo one, most popularly, or most built uh, commanders according to EDHREC. There are now 11 shrines. There were five of them back in... Um, back to, no, it was... Well, yeah, yeah, they were all from Betrayers of Kamigawa, I think. Let me check on that. Uh, but I'll check that. Yeah, some of them are actually champions. pretty good. Champions of Kamigawa. Champions of Kamigawa. Um, so yeah, there's, ten, there, there's five new M21 shrines and there's five old ones. Uh, the I don't I don't think we're gonna read through all these. I'm just gonna talk about the two two ones that are the most interesting. the The most interesting Honden, uh, which is the old cycle. The old ones is Honden of Seeing Winds, which is four in a blue legendary enchantment shrine. At the beginning of your upkeep, draw a card for each shrine you control. So if you play Sanctum of All and then you play Honden, then at the beginning of your upkeep, you're drawing two cards, two like two additional cards, which is just dumb. Because drawing one additional card is already great. So Honda of Seeing Winds is pretty good. And we also have a, a similar card in um, M21. In that, yeah, in that why don't I just go through... I'm just going to go through each of them and just what they do. Yeah, uh, you can just... Honda, you, yeah, really really quick. Just Honda of Cleansing Fire, three and a white. At the beginning of your upkeep, you gain two life for each shrine you control. Sanctum of Tranquil Light, white mana, uh, and five and a white tap, it, tap target creature. This ability costs one less to activate for each shrine you control. Note these are all legendary enchantments. The, well, the, yeah, the yeah, all of all the shrines are legendary. No, and all the Hondans are legendary as well. Yes. Okay, so yeah. Oh, oh, I thought you said all the sanctums. Yeah, yeah, no, all the, all the shrines are... All the, yeah, every single... So you can't have two of them. That yeah. was what I was trying to Convenient say. Convenient in a singleton format of Commander. This is a little confusing. Yeah, Sanctum of Calm Waters is the same as Honden of Seeing Winds, except it's only three in a blue and you have to discard a card. And it's at the beginning of your main phase. So at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, you may draw X cards where X is the number of shrines you control if you do discard a card. Honden yeah, of that's... Night's Reach is... Yeah, that one's good. That one's uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, that's, that's the main difference, I'd say. The old Honden trigger at the beginning of your upkeep. Whereas the new Sanctum trigger at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase. Yeah. And so that is why Sanctum of All works better with the new Sanctum uh, car Sanctum Shrines. Because at the beginning of your upkeep, you can grab them. And then you can still allow them to trigger at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase. Whereas the old ones wouldn't trigger if you tutored them up with, with uh, Sanctum of All. Right, right, right. Okay. And they were also shifting a bunch of things to... They're trying to look more at beginning of pre-combat main phase because upkeep is weird. But um, it is. Honda Knight's Reach is three in a black. Beginning of your upkeep, each target oh target opponent discards a card for each shrine you control. Sanctum of Stone Fangs is one in a black at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase. Each opponent loses X life and you gain X life. X is number of shrines. Honda of Infinite Rage, two in a red. Beginning of your upkeep deals damage to target creature or player equal to number of shrines. Sanctum of Shattered Heights, two in a red. Pay one, discard a land card or a shrine card, uh, deals X damage to target creature or planeswalker. X is the number of shrines you control. Uh, Haunted of Life's Web, four, four and a green. Beginning of your upkeep, you make a one on colorless spirit for each shrine. Sanctum of Fruitful Harvest, this is the good one. Two green, uh, two and a green. Beginning of your pre combat main phase, you add X mana of any one color where X is the number of shrines you control. So this one's mana ramp. Which is not actually bad. I don't. I wouldn't mind. I think they're they're all they're all a little different. Um, I think that the worst one is 
definitely uh, the new white shrine. Yeah, I mean, it's actually not that bad in Commander. Um, sort of, uh, right? It's still, it's, it's, paying, I think paying, it's still objectively worse than the other ones. Right. Paying a white but, mana yeah. for it, though, if you can get it down to paying one mana, that's actually... I mean, if that's, not, that's not bad at all, but you do need to have five shrines for that, and yeah. that's by no means an easy feat. It's only utility is going to be one mana shrine. Like, that's literally what it's going to read 95% of the time. It's just, it helps you trigger your other things. Helps you double up on yeah. all your, the rest of your shrines. Shrines, very cool. Play them with any rainbow commander. Uh, Sanctum of All, unfortunately, not a legal commander. But uh, if someone in our playgroup was to be like, yeah, can I use Sanctum of All for my commander? We'd probably be like, yeah, sure. If you can make a not... five mana... If you can make a five-color mana base that casts Sanctum of All consistently on turn five with uh, the amount of money we spend on Commander decks, I I'd love to see it. Probably a lot of gateway plazas in the sort. Yeah. All right. Uh, next card is Chromatic Ori. Seven <laughs> mana. Legendary. turn five without not having any spells. Turns one through four. <laughs> okay. All right. Chromatic Ori is seven mana. Legendary artifact. You may spend mana as the mana of any color. You can tap and add colorless, 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 colorless. So it's five mana, but it's basically of any color because you can spend mana as though it commit mana of any color. And you can also pay five and tap it, draw a card for each color among permanents you control. If you have a rainbow commander, then you're just paying five, tapping it, and draw five cards. Chromatic Glory, yeah. all around, very, very good card. It's going to be a color oh, yeah. staple, whether... I think so. This card is so, just so, so cool. Like, the card design is fantastic, and that art is absolutely gorgeous. Um, yeah. Like, the 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 color design and the art with the... There's a lot of white with in it. And it's, yeah, with um, the colors of magic. It's, it's just uh, like fantastic. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I just really like the flavor and the style of this card. Yeah. Um, as well as it being a really, really powerful card. Um, you know, perfect mana obviously comes at a cost, but um, this is already a really powerful card, allowing you to untap on turn, you know, eight or before usually. Uh, with thirteen mana is pretty good. Um, it's a lot of ramp and just perfect mana, and that ability to pay five, tap, and potentially draw five is nothing to scoff at either. I'd say. I think you're only gonna play this in a three, four, or five color deck, though. Otherwise, it's just not really worth it. Um, you might as well play if you like. If you have green and the such, then you might as well play, um, like Boundless Realms or the big and uh, Nissa's Renewal. And I mean that sort of thing. I, like it's not as good in green. If you I have mean, green, if you, you think, I mean, you can, you can. It allows you. I mean, I guess I play it in. I'd say you play it in colorless decks. Or like okay, Galta, yeah, or like Jingataxis, Gataxius. <laughs> Jingataxius. Yes, you could play that. Progenitus. Yeah, I mean that's true. It would I don't be, know. I'm kind. I'm kind of just throwing out the really expensive cards here. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a really good card. It's better in decks with more colors, of course. But I think it's good in near every deck. All right. Yeah. Let's go to Solemn. Uh. Sad yeah. Ezra said Solemn. Uh, Solemn Simulacrum is four colorless for a 2-2 artifact creature, Golem. Uh, it, when it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield tapped, and then shuffle your library, and when it dies, you may draw a card. Um, a well-known commander staple, uh, a nice yeah. reprint to have, especially in Commander 2021, or Corsa 2021, excuse me, um, was sitting at uh, around looks like around two fifty, from what I'm seeing. Yeah, it was two fifty three dollars. Yeah, uh, and it now looks like it's around a dollar thirty cents, which is you know really good. We're getting closer and closer to having it be in um the range of very very budget players every day. I think so we it's can really put good. this. This is now low enough that you could put this in every single deck and not be that upset about the chunk oh, of the yeah. budget. I think out. so. So yeah, solemn, very good. Of, you know. 25 probably is a you could pretty yeah fair include and uh, i'm not, I'm not quite auto include, but 
you know, pretty reasonable uh, inclusion. Yeah, I think you could quite literally play this in every every deck, like if you wanted to, and if oh, you yeah. had the budget for I just, it. Uh, Tom Sum Lacrim is, I would say, one of the most, if not the most, just like multi-purpose, do-everything card in Commander. Yep. I can, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, Yeah, I mean, like, if, when, you, when, you think of, when you think of cards that, you know, go do well in every single deck, I think of, like, Soul, Soul Ring and Lightning Greaves. Soul, like Soul Ring and like Soul Ring and Solemn Simulacrum are the two that are like, you know, they just go in every single deck. Um right. there's no there's like there's no going wrong with them. I think you can play Lightning Greaves in every single deck as well, and it's like fine. I mean I don't I don't a, know. Yeah, maybe not. You have in a like commander though. Polymorph. You have a commander. True. Yeah, I, I guess you have yeah, a commander. So, so, like Soul Ring, Lightning Greaves, Solemn are the like the three kind Silver of boots. Yeah, yeah. So boots. Play play it in every single deck if you can. All right. Our next card is Animal Sanctuary. It's a land. It taps to add a colorless. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're um we kind of skipped oh. over talking about the colorless cards here, and we also um for some reason talked about Ugin as the very first card in our um set review because but... Ugin. Oh well, no, Ugin's collector number one because it's yeah, a, it's colorless, colorless. It's like not, it's not an artifact. It's just normal colorless, which isn't. Oh uh, yeah, true, true. Um, right. yeah, and um, now we're into our our lands. Lands. Animal Sanctuary is a land taps to add a colorless. You can pay two, tap it, put a one on counter on target. Bird, cat, dog, oat, goat, ox, or snake. Why they chose those, I have no idea. Each of those animals is featured in the art. The goat looks like it wants to jump off a cliff. And the dog is socializing with an ox. The cats want to murder you. Pretty good. The art is very nice. It's just the animals are doing strange things. <laughs> if you just look at the art. We'll, we'll put this. We'll put Animal Sanctuary as the thumbnail for this episode. But very nice art. Uh, um, essentially, yeah, cool you're going to play this not, not if you're playing Cat Tribal. Yeah, it's not it's not a you know especially playable or competitive card, but you know, it's funny, it's cool. You know what? All of these like kind of make sense, except for ox. Like, who builds an ox tribal deck? What good are, oxes? Well, there ox are in there order? are ten goat cards in Magic, and there are. Well, yeah, but oh. people play goats because they're mean. But the oh, ox of Agonis is the There's only good ox. There's fifteen ox. Um, yeah, okay, Trojan, Cinderhorn, and Ox of Agonis are the only good ones. So the rest goats, of them are pretty much there? dumb. There's Pathbreaker, Ibex, Capricopian, and Stormwild, Capridor are the only... Well, yeah, but the goats, but the goats, there's also lots of things that make goat tokens, like Wolf Strider and Springjack Pasture and Spring, Springjack Pasture, Springjack Shepherd, and also... Bird, um, bird, Cat, and Dog are kind of established archetypes um, although you know, there's actually a lot of really good snakes yeah. too like steve well, yeah, Oracle, snake. lotus cobra mystic snake or they're all good snakes. Thing, and then Frost you play thing. it with a commando like um uh cassetto yeah cassetto is really good cassetto is the good snake um, a commander that's not super mana intensive i'd say or like and not too too many colors like two maybe Whoa. two two cassetto is only 250 Cassetto's been printed once and it's only two dollars and fifty cents. That's nice. Well, yeah, I mean, not exactly the the highest, highest um, yeah, you know, uh, value card. It's the I mean, best, not snake the most sought after card. And best of all is this card's flavor text: "No owners allowed." Sanctuary side. Yeah. No owners allowed because it's normally like no animals allowed. No owners allowed. All right, why don't you read? I would talk about our next cards. Uh, yeah. So, um, we have a few cycles to go over here. But, um, the first one we're going to talk about really quick is, uh, Gain Lands. Gain Lands are in basically every set at this point. Or, not quite every set. They For were the printed eight times. Yeah, the Life Lands. Um, printed eight times. Uh, they're, you know, they're super super cheap they're strictly better than tap lands but um yeah there's not too much to say about them other than that they they gain you a life when they enter the battlefield and they're 
good for very, very budget magic. Oh, they, they all have... Oh, a couple of them have new oat, which is nice. Um, Fabled Passage is a land... You, this is a reprint from Throne of Eldraine. Very great reprint. Uh, we would like this to be budget for Commander, because this is a very good Commander card. But until this rotates out of standard, it's not the price isn't going anywhere. Because it's, yeah, so. it's a standard. Um, standard. Yeah, it's still sitting in around... 560 so not not super cheap yet but uh hopefully it will be it's a pretty good land it's strictly better evolving wild and terramorphic expanse so you can tap sacrifice fabled passage search your library for a basic land put it onto the battlefield tap then shuffle then if you control four or more lands untap that land so if you have three lands and then you play fabled passage it'll enter untapped mm -hmm. don't play this when your opponent's playing mayhem devil because i've been playing black red sack and then people will sack their fabled passage and then i'll ping their like their x1 and they're like they feel really smart um yeah oh real quick um we didn't actually say this but i think it's kind of given uh the life gain lands are dual lands they tap for two colors yeah the enter tapped and they tap for two two colors that's all 10 the cycle yeah um uh, then yeah uh another card uh another reprint from that has been printed in Iconic Masters and originally printed M15. Not an expensive card by any means, but uh, a cool card. Radiant Fountain. When it enters the battlefield, you gain two life and it taps for a colorless. Not too much to say about it. Uh, decent and life gain strategies. Probably good with the new, uh, the new Veto Commander card. Veto. Oh yeah, it, it's good in monocolored, but you don't really want too many colorless lands. And honestly, yeah. if you're not playing life gain, I'd rather play Zelfir and Void over this card. If you're looking for an untapped colorless land, Zelvia and Void is the same thing. It's just a land Scry that one. colorless, but it scries when it enters. So yeah, Zelvia and Void is a that's a treasured find. I very I like that card a bunch. I play it in my genre deck. Okay, uh, last uh, colored cycle is the enemy. Yeah, enemy colored tap like oh temples the scry lands. So they enter the battlefield tapped. When they enter the battlefield, you scry one, and then they tap to add a mana of one of two colors. So the dual lands. Uh, Temple of Epiphany, for example, adds blue-red. Now, the temples have always been expensive because they were like they were in... Uh, they were originally in Theros block, and then they got reprinted in... Uh, not C20, M20, which was nice, but it didn't bring down the prices too much. They were still a dollar... And then this one just, like, just chucked them into the ground. <laughs> They're now 30 cents, each of those. So go pick those up right now. They're never going to be this cheap again. I'm going to get bit by that because they're going to reprint them in N22. <laughs> and then people are going to yell at me and be like, No, they are cheaper. Why'd you make me buy them at 30 cents? The most expensive one is 50 cents. Like, it's not. It's a very good investment. Especially because the core sets get open like more than any other set i have no data to back that up i just know that a lot of my collection comes from core sets like a lot of my maybe like i have like 400 cards that probably came from core sets maybe more than that just core sets like m19 m20 m21 are probably going to be like the most open sets of the last couple of years just because of their draw to new players and how they have five planeswalkers that people want to open up which means more people crack more packs, and so on and so forth. Alright, do we have anything else that does it for our set review? Do we cool. have anything else before we are Thanks. done here? So, yeah, uh, thanks All for right. being with us, guys. Uh, this actually went a little little quicker than I was expecting, if I'm going to be honest with you. Um, yeah, we moved touch fast. So, yeah... Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, or if you didn't, did enjoy. Uh, if you enjoyed today's show, then leave us a review. If you didn't enjoy today's review, keep it to yourself. Thank you. I'm kidding. You be honest with us. Tell us what we're doing wrong. But um, five star reviews, hopefully, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. You can send us an email at youngpyrocast at gmail .com. We hope you have a good week. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we need to shout out. Oh, you can join our Discord. Come chat with us. Email youngpyrocast at gmail.com. Yeah. Send us anything. Yeah, sorry. 
Uh, maybe when COVID ends a little bit, we're thinking of having like a soul ring giveaway or something where we can give away a soul ring or something like a pre-con or I don't know, a couple of packs for reviews, but, uh, look for that in the future. We'll figure it out. Um, yeah, you can look for episodes now to be every Monday or Tuesday weekly. Sometimes we'll have some bonus episodes in there, but that's what we're trying to shoot for is at least one episode per week um now that stuff has settled down but thank you everyone for tuning in and we will see you next time bye